Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Iron Soul Podcast. Holy shit, today is an interesting day. It's Sunday, Lord's Day, and um, I've got two dangerous and quiet people sitting in front of me for my podcast today. I don't usually do, um, can I even say this? I usually don't do a three-way, but today... It's um, special. I've only done one other three-way, and that was with two guys, so that was weird. Um, that was with Joe and Ben. But um, I'd like to welcome to the podcast Heidi Thompson and Beth Potter. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so as my one listener has heard several times, wait, wait, what the fuck's going on with my mic? Um, my one listener is that uh, lots of people recently on the podcast have been from the jujitsu gym. Well, it looks like the two guests today are also from the jujitsu gym. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, I don't mind. The one listener doesn't mind. But what's great about um, the jujitsu gym and why um, I have so many people on from there is they're fucking interesting. So we have two really interesting characters on today. Um, I'm hoping that they'll say something, but uh, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. <laughs> How's it going? It's going good, Josh. It's going good? Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Okay. So um, Heidi is um, the partner of Matt, who was on a few weeks ago, and also business partners with her husband and Trevor Rivers, who the jiu-jitsu is named after. So... Um, where do we go from here? So, why Kansas, Heidi? Why Kansas? So, when we were looking at places to move, my mom and sister had already moved out here, and then uh, Matt's dad is up in Nebraska, so it was kind of a good central location. And we were also, at the time, looking to open a school. We already had that kind of thought in mind, so... We had looked at so many different options, different towns across the United States, like everywhere has a jujitsu mm-hmm. school. So there were some smaller towns here that really didn't, and it all kind of came together as we got here and started to look around. Sweet. I have no idea where you're from other than you've only been in Lawrence for, and I'm talking to Beth. This is the interesting thing that I'll have to talk to is that the transition, this is a learning opportunity for me as well. I have to make sure I say Heidi, Beth, until people get to know your voices for a few minutes. So Beth, what brought you to Lawrence, Kansas? So I came here to do my PhD at KU. Oh, so like PhD. Yeah. Doctor, Dr. Potter, (laughs) Dr. Potter. I can't wait till they page me like that for the airplane. (laughs) That's all I want. want. (laughs) Dr. Potter, you're late for your seat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So where are you originally from? I'm from Maine. Maine? Yeah. No shit. Born and raised. Where in Maine? Auburn. So it's like nobody does. That's right. It's like forty-five minutes north of Portland, give or take, like straight up ninety-five. Wow. I've always wanted to go to Portland or the Maine. If you're like Brunswick, Freeport, where the LL Bean flagship store is, sometimes people know that. Like thirty minutes west. I just know there's um, big moose in Maine. There are. Yeah, and it's a beautiful state, and it's cold as fuck. Yes. In the winter. Sounds cold. I mean, 
inland yes it does get cold as fuck sometimes it even gets cold as fuck on the coast but like a lot of the coastal stuff stays much more mild because like ocean okay um why archaeology i always tell people i was a kid that never grew out of the sandbox okay um i still don't understand what that means so like because archaeology like i do excavating right yeah (laughs) yeah well we'll get to that because there's different she likes to garden Right? Is that the same, like, is that why you, you connect in that way? A little bit. I just, I like this, I don't know. I like the, the smell? smell of the earth. I like mm-hmm. like it, the feeling of it in mm-hmm. your hands, uh, under your feet. I don't know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a weird really? thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. God, yeah. The physicality of, like, interacting with dirt. Mm. What about actual sand? Do you guys like actual sand? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I haven't been to the beach in forever. I fucking hate the sand. Really? It's really, really a strange, like, it gets everywhere and, like, but I went to the ocean last week, Pacific Ocean, San Diego. It was I actually felt really good. First time ever I've ever liked sand. Even as a kid, I didn't even really like it. But first time ever, I was like, this is awesome. But I still didn't like it that much. Well, there's there's a lot of variation <laughs> in sand as well, like grain size and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Like, I don't like the thick, mm-hmm. I like that stuff that was on the San Diego beaches. It's finer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And felt good under your feet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Parts of Florida That's like cool. that too. Mm-hmm. So you didn't like getting out, of, you didn't, you're like, didn't grow out of the sandbox. But yeah. When did you decide that you liked, like, did you always like digging the things or at least learning about ancient times? So I was, I was a dino kid. Okay. And then I was an Egypt kid. Um, and from there, I got kind of like more broadly into archaeology. Um, super nerdy when i was um for my 13th birthday the there was a conference an archaeology conference down in boston and that's what i asked for for my birthday was to go to a an academic conference in boston because i was a big old fucking nerd uh, how old were you again 13 oh my fucking god <laughs> ah, I'm, such a nerd. I'm gonna like this is gonna be so much fun for me because now i'm gonna learn so many funny things that I can then like <laughs> I'll look at you totally different now and it'll it'll be awesome but really I won't be so intimidated but I should be but, but you should be at the same time right Giant. yeah yeah um all right so 13 did you get to go yeah I did my mom and I went down um my mom attended an archaeology conference with me I was like okay <laughs> whatever kid <laughs> um yeah it was great it's like not at all the kind of archaeology that I'm into now but still. But yeah, it was real cool. Do you have any siblings? Yes. And are they archaeologists? No. Um, my I have a baby brother. I call him a baby brother. He's three years younger than me, so he's not a baby. But um, still your, he's, he's still baby. your baby brother. Yeah. Um, but he is kind of in seminary still. Oh. Um, he's taken a year. He like finished up most of his stuff. He's taking a year to chill and like not be doing academic things for a year, but yeah. So in what, um, like Catholicism, Episcopalian? Anglican. Anglican. The Anglican Church of Canada. Anglican which Church is, of Canada. Yeah, the same as Episcopalian, but Canada. But Canada. I grew up Episcopalian, so. Yeah. So did you grow up? No. He found no. Oh, the no. Lord? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In college, he nice. like, yeah. Okay. 
What did you grow up doing, Heidi? Heidi, I'm talking to Heidi now. <laughs> did you grow up in the sandbox? Not so much, kind of in the woods. <laughs> we lived out in the middle of well, nowhere. Um, nowhere. Nowhere, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, okay. Uh, woods, cornfields. Uh, my grandparents lived about half a mile down the road from us. It was all like my grandpa's property. And uh, grew up with horses, climbing trees, that kind of stuff. Okay. And Hanging then, out in the woods. And then... Why did why did you go the route that you went? So let's talk a little bit about that. So you went to the, did you go to college first? Or you go to the Air Force first. College first, okay. and then the Air Force, and then a little more college in between. Um, college first, I went to Gettysburg, which wasn't very far from home. Um, I couldn't really decide what I wanted to study. Uh, I was leaning towards like something medical at the time and doing a lot of those prerequisites. Um, and then when I went into the, uh, I got bored with college, right? I did well, um, not great. I'm just kind of always, uh, the slightly mediocre, but do a lot of things, right? Never really master anything, which is cool. Cause you can do a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, when I went into the military, I tested well and got to choose medic. And that took me to. California, a little bit of training in Texas. So it was nice to travel. I hadn't been out of Pennsylvania really, except for like vacation to the beach or whatever before that. So the traveling part was awesome. So what did you study before you went to the military? Just kind of whatever? Or? Yeah. Okay. The first couple of years of college, just getting those prerequisites and stuff out of the way. Um, I was, you know, I was doing anatomy and physiology and that kind of stuff. So it did help me with getting my my undergrad when I finally finished it while I was in the military. So why the Air Force? Um, I had a couple relatives. Uh, one was in the uh, Air Force Reserve, one in the Navy. Um, just kind of seemed like a good fit for me. A lot of um, the medical fields kind of, you know, 50-50 kind of mm -hmm. women, and, women and men. So it was uh, a little more appealing. Uh, at the okay. time, I didn't want to do like the army or anything like that. Okay. okay. Um, I didn't want to be front lines. None of that kind so of stuff. What, when did you join? So was that before 9-11? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what did you, so what did you have to do around the 9-11 time when that happened? Did you, did you get shipped off anywhere or? I didn't. Um, I was working in like the pediatric clinic at that time because I remember when it came up like you know they <laughs> it was honestly like the big tv mm -hmm. that they kind of rolled in and yeah and uh I mean it wasn't that long ago but geez <clears throat> we're all watching it in the break room <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was crazy I didn't I didn't go anywhere okay so then you never deployed any to I did but not not around that time and uh I just went to Kuwait the, oh, okay. It was actually before 9-11, so the uh, deployments were pretty short. Right. I think it was a 45-day deployment, which oh, is shit. unheard of anymore. I think I was there for 53 days. Like, you know, you do the little ticks in your hat, keeping track of how many days you're there and stuff. Like, it's really, really all that tough. <laughs> it was just, uh, it was interesting because I was in California, which was already a desert. And because we were out in the high desert in California. And... Um, that so many other people from all these different places were like kind of like downtrodden and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's just in another, I'm in another desert. It's Kuwait, but 
it seemed like another desert to me, so it wasn't anything. Uh, they were kind of getting all the hardened facilities up mm -hmm. at that time, mm -hmm. so we were just in tents and, and that okay. kind of thing. Um, but it was interesting to get to travel. Right on. I'd never been out of the U.S. Okay. when I went. Okay. And then, Beth, where did you get your um, bachelor's degree from? I did my bachelor's at Harvard. What? Nerd. What? <laughs> I know. So, I love it. Okay. Go I just nerd. It's fine. Nerds I've had on two day, <laughs> On Friday, I had a super nerd, and now I have another super nerd on them. I have um, on Friday, I had Nick on, who has his master's from. Yeah, we just Harvard. missed each other. He, I finished up like right before he started. Yeah, because he was at Hugsy, which is was like one of my favorite parts of Harvard, because I did. Um, my like teaching licensure while I was there and there's not like an, they don't have an undergrad program um so you take classes through the Harvard Graduate School of Education um so I really love Hugsy and that's where he was okay so um what was it like so uh, this is gonna date me a little bit but please tell me when did you go to Harvard um I graduated in 2013 2013 so I started in 09 09 okay yeah. so what was like, did you always want to go to Harvard? What was like, you're like, no, this is the play no. to Harvard. Oh, I got in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so I applied to, um, like, I applied to a lot fewer schools than kids mm -hmm. nowadays apply to, right? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think I could get into Harvard now. Like, it's been 10 years, and it gets tighter and tighter admissions numbers right. every single year. Um, so, like, I, I applied to, like, a few different Ivies, um, because for one, because like I knew I had a chance mm -hmm. and they have really good financial aid. Nice. They have fantastic endowments. It's entirely need based aid. It's mm -hmm. really good if you get in. That's awesome. So, That's cool. so, the, so you studied, what did you study for your bachelor's degree? Archaeology. Archaeology. It was anthro as well. And so, um, after you finished up in Harvard at Harvard, what, where did you decide to go for your master's? Well, so I, I didn't go straight into my master's. Okay, what did you do? I taught for two years um, in the Boston area. What did you teach? History. Okay. Yeah. For five-year-olds or for 13-year-olds or for 18-year-olds? Middle school and high school. Middle school. Um, okay. So it was a combined middle school, high school that I was teaching at. And I had one, I had, so I taught for a couple years and I had seventh and eighth grade one year. And then I got to loop up with my eighth graders and do nine nice. and 10, which was, uh, And then, then decide um, you didn't want to teach anymore? I love the teaching. Um, I miss doing research, so I did a master's, and then I taught for another year, and then I came here. Where did you get your master's? Uh, University of Montreal. That's Canada. It is Canada. So what's this connection to Canada? I'm confused. Your brother's in Canada. Yeah. yeah. And you're in. Went and got your master's in Canada. What's that? Was just dumb luck. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I. I guess, so like when I was doing my research for like my undergrad, I had like kind of two interests um, that I developed at that time, which was like the Paleo-Indian time period and then also the New England Maritimes region. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to be able to like kind of dig a little bit more into like one or the other of those at least. Um, and so there's not a lot of folks that do like the New England Maritimes. There's not a lot of folks that do like pre-ceramic periods. It's, it's a small world honestly. Right. And there were a few people at Montreal that were doing that. Um, so it was one of the places that I applied to and yeah. 
Okay. And then took a break. Yeah. And it, it took me sort of like the end of my master's to decide I did actually want to continue and do a right. PhD. Okay. So. And then just took a break and then. I'm really confused. I guess I'm um, lucky in a sense, but also, um, uh, what's the word? Ignorant at the same time is what's so awesome about KU and their PhD programs? Because Nick here's PhD, getting his PhD in special ed, and you're here getting your PhD. Like, yeah, so it's it's a like quote unquote R1, which is like a research one university. So it's a big like research university that brings in a lot of funding um because they are like decently large and can be research heavy okay um and so like i don't know a ton about like other programs i know their special ed program is like one of the top in the country yeah, that's what nick said yeah yeah it's really good um and i mean as far as like phd programs go it's very different than when you're looking at like undergrad stuff as far as like where you apply because most like undergrad programs are like it's going to be kind of the same wherever you go right and there's a lot of it's about like building connections and the name that's going to be on your transcript is what opens doors is the like the networking and kind of that like prestige whatever whereas phd programs are so focused on like men the like mentorship and advisor relationships and like who's writing your recommendations when you're done and so that's going to be about like if your specific advisor and the people on your committee are well recognized in the field. And so that's very different. Okay. And like at least where like again like paleo is such a small world. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, okay, that makes a shitload of sense. All right, Heidi. <laughs> so I can't the, follow that. It's just a different path, right? Totally. Totally. So, and I think Beth should um, come to kids class and help teach because, you know, I didn't know she had experience teaching young folks. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to agree with that. I think she'd probably be pretty great at that. So Probably. Yeah. yeah. And she and she would probably, if you said warm them up, on, even on the first time she showed up, <laughs> she would do it. She wouldn't be like, no, Hardy, I'm not doing that. Like somebody else did, Ben, I witnessed it, said no to a black belt. Oh it's, it's fun to give Ben a hard time, though. Oh, I, I know. Poor guy's mm-hmm. a broken hand now. Um, so you're in the Air Force. Yes. When did you decide to go back to school, or how does that work? And tell me a little bit about that. So you have, uh, you have the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point where... Um, after 9-11, you were able to convert your GI Bill over to the post-9-11 GI Bill. I don't know. Uh, okay. The benefit went up. Like I just lucked out because of the time period that it happened. Um, you have to go. You can't go to school right away because you have to finish all of your your CFETPs, right? Military people know this stuff. You have to finish all of your training and all of your tasks related to your field first. So couple years in they'll let you start taking classes and stuff like that so um i hadn't finished a four-year degree because gettysburg's a four years four-year college right i went for two years and then joined the military so kind of cut that short but most of the credits carried over and uh, i was working towards my ccaf right it's like the two-year degree that the air force gives you okay right 
So associates in something. Pretty much. Only reason I didn't finish that was because I didn't want to take speech. Ooh. Surprise, surprise. What? <laughs> I'm really shocked at this. I'm really shocked at this. You didn't want to stand in front of people and definitely and not. Uh, so I, you know, just kind of went on and did the did the four year degree. Chose accounting. I was a math nerd when I grew up. So. Like my uh, four years of high school, I think I took six years of math in four years of high school because I was like, ah, I don't need a study hall. I'll just take another math class. <laughs> you called me a nerd? <laughs> what? Right? Sorry, bro. I'm going to take, I might as well take Calc 2 in seventh grade. It was, it was fun and it was challenging and yeah. So that's where the accounting side comes in. Okay, so... Finished that four-year degree, and then uh, when I, so when I got out, I started working. I was a paramedic mm-hmm. for a little while, in but I looked for paramedic jobs when we got to Jersey from California. Okay, and the pay was shit, oh, yeah. and the protocols in Jersey were terrible. In California, everything was like you know you had the county protocol. It's all very well laid out. Jersey had like nothing. I mean, I'm sure there's something now set up, but the protocols weren't there. And it's like, it's really scary to not operate with some kind of protocols. Right. right? So looked around, looked around. Um, actually ended up just letting my paramedic and everything expire. I started working for, uh, um, insurance agency actually like they're doing underwriting and stuff like that. And then, uh, like I said, jack of all trades. <laughs> um, but I learned a lot about, like, you know, contract uh, language and stuff like that. And then um, the next job after that was, you know, where I am now, which is is the accounting focused. I'm not an accountant, but uh, working with, like, uh, I still work with numbers, do a lot of reconciliations and stuff like that. Not the most exciting thing in the world, but um, the company's pretty awesome. Uh I worked in person for like a year and then said I was moving and they said, do you want to keep your job remotely? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, so that kind of segues into a good uh, question here. Um, you've taken the Myers-Briggs before, right? Yep. Where are you on the the uh, introvert I, side? INTJ. Um, INTJ. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty strong, strongly. About 15? Yeah. Um, I can't remember, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah up, up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. You ever taken the Myers Briggs? I have. I took the official one okay. with teaching stuff. I don't remember what. Yeah, it's... Are you an I? Oh yeah. Or, yeah. Obviously. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> interesting. All right. Once so, you get us going, you know, if it's about something we like, then it's okay. But... Okay. So also, I don't like, know if you're gonna groups. like this. Small <laughs> Probably not. With that lead in. We're, but I heard <laughs> that there is a story. Oh no! About how you and Matt met. Oh goodness! And I heard that I'm supposed to ask. I was told I'm supposed to ask this question. Oh yeah, by who? Just a that, guy I know. That, that jerk. Just a guy I know. Like how how you guys met? I'm really interested in the story because he didn't tell me. Uh huh. Uh, he uh, he had to have told you a little bit. I can't remember. No, I no, guess we talk about it we were, much. Him and I were talking about how, like how I don't know where. Um, like talking about Jill and you, like yeah. Jill's an introvert too, like yes. pretty, 
pretty um, high on introverts scale too. So right. we're, I don't know where we're talking about that and how Jill stalked me. Yeah. There. So Jill so. and I are, are similar, right? Yep. We see what we want and we just go get it. Yep. So um, <laughs> we work together, right? We were both paramedics um, often in like get togethers with the section and stuff like that. So actually it was, uh, I think it was Halloween party. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's it? That's it. That's such bullshit. That is not true. <laughs> that is not true. I believe there's more to this than that. What's the, what, come on. What is, what I, is it? I said, hey, I went after what I wanted. And then uh, we went out after that. And uh, he made some damn good strawberry margaritas. You'll have to ask him about that. Okay. He makes the best. That was it. Okay. So did you know him yes. before that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you knew We worked him, together. Worked together. Yep. But. Okay, so, and then you're like, ah, let's go hang out. <laughs> All right, okay. Good. All right. Where did we go from here? So, which brings us even more circle here is, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, oh, fuck, it just slipped my mind. Shit. Um, all right, I have to go a different direction. Um, Beth, when did you get interested in martial arts? Um, I mean... I, so I did karate as a little kid and then yes. I got back into it in college because okay. um, I needed a sport. Um, oh, because of just going to Harvard and they're like, hey, you need a sport? No, no, no. I mean, oh. I just, for myself. Okay. Um, like I was like a multi-sport athlete in high school and I was like, okay. I, I can't not do that. So. What did you do in high school? Um, I played field hockey and ice hockey yes. and softball, and then I quit softball because I didn't like the coach. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. So field hockey, isn't that lacrosse? No. No. No, no it's not. No. So they're very similar field sports. Um, I played a season of indoor lacrosse okay. as well because um, they tried to get me to come out for lacrosse because like, it's, it's very much the same like strategy-wise. Okay. It's just ball in the air rather than on the ground oh okay and it still looks like a hockey stick the field hockey one um so there it's it's curved it's got a little like toe at the end and it's one side is rounded and one side is flat so you can only use one side of it to hit the ball so you have to like overhand yeah i still have mine do you you play too is it mine's on my parents what what is going on? So here? I I was a goalie, and I've like Sweet. all my all my gear is gone. My parents donated it, which is chill. Yeah. Um, but I still have a I still have a regular stick, because I obviously I have both. Left wing, sucked. Now how many? It's too much running. You can only use one side of the stick. Right. Right. So the left wing has no hook facing the left side of the field. <laughs> so you lose so many balls out that side. Sure, okay, that makes sense. Okay. It's terrible. And um, you hated your coach, so you quit. Softball, yeah. Softball? Yeah. Okay. Fast pitch, right? That thing comes yeah. at you. Would you. Were you the pitcher? Um, No. I was, well, I was, so I was mostly a first baseman, and then I ended up being a catcher for like a while because oh, we needed please. it. Um. Actually, I did pitch a season of JV because okay. it's my high school used to be an all boys school. And so we were still like, we still didn't have a lot of girls when I was there. So like there weren't a lot of us to play. So we had like two pitchers and they had to stick them both on varsity. Oh, and they were like, shit. can you learn to pitch? 
So you, <laughs> I guess. So did you go to private school? Yeah. And was it a, was it a, what boarding school? No. No. Was no, it no, sleep no. away school? Um, so it was a Jesuit high school. So okay. like, it was all boys for a long time. Were you the first girl? No. Um. The so the first class of girls graduated like right before I got there. Oh shit. It was like two thirds boys when I was there. Yeah. This is interesting. Okay. So then you go to Harvard and you're like, I'm going to, I need to do a sport. So I'm going to do karate. Yeah. All right. It was like, that, that was fun when I was a kid. It's like, it's a thing that I'll like be able to do as an adult. I won't be like finding a like adult club field hockey league. Those are hard to find. Yeah. They exist, but mm. you got to be in the right place. Yeah. So. Okay. So when did you find martial arts? And not your specific one that you practice now, but before. Jersey. Jersey. So later. Karate for about six months. And okay. then uh, and then I started jujitsu. And that's when you and Matt were in was, Jersey together? Yeah. Okay. That was as an adult. I never did any martial arts as a kid. Okay. There wasn't much around. Were you even interested? <clears throat> was that even something? I guess I didn't brain? even know. Okay. Right? I did like gymnastics, a little bit of ballet. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm not very coordinated. I'm pretty clumsy. Uh, so I yeah, but that for a second. Oh, you should, because like in in the normal realm of things, definitely in jujitsu, it's just different. I'm As like, a fellow oh, klutz, I fully it's already believe on the that. ground. Yeah. <laughs> you fully believe that? Yes, <laughs> fellow klutz. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Trip over my own feet. Really? All right. Yeah. Okay. So that leads us to jujitsu. So. You found it. Did you did you jump in because Matt jumped in? Pretty much. I was doing uh, karate at the time. So we got to Jersey, got settled. Um, he started to do a little bit of jujitsu. We were both working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to drive pretty far for his. So about the time that he was like, oh, this is too much of a drive going back and forth. Um, we found a little, well, he found a little... Uh, guy purple belt teaching out of like a wrestling garage so wrestling mats were the first mats i did jujitsu on which is not fun because the mat monster is really really bad yeah yeah <laughs> and uh i'd been doing karate for a little while he's like come come try this the the guy who was teaching his wife hadn't really done it much before either and he's like i think you know she'd jump in with you so started going over there quick karate i was I liked it, but uh, it was it was a lot of kids and stuff like that. It was definitely more of, of that mix. And I had to stand on my square, on my star, and I didn't want to stand oh, on my star no. anymore. So. No. I'm confused. <laughs> no. In karate, you had to stand yeah. on your star? Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that means. It was just, it was very, um, you know, strict. Okay. And there are stars across the floor, and everyone's on their star, to start class and you're um, in your space and, and then you have to start with a kata typically yeah see ah, i told you wow. there's things that go off what? i've never heard that one before that's the train yeah let's do a train yeah interesting that's the first time i've never done a podcast on a sunday usually do it it's on a friday or strange. i think i've done one on a saturday so yeah so first time we've had a horn <laughs> all right Cool. Otto, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> All right. So now, when did you find jiu-jitsu, Beth? Um, well, because I started watching, like, UFC and stuff during karate. And I was like, 
this seems like it would complement like karate nicely to have like a ground grappling system as well. So I started like messing around with it a little bit while I was still in Massachusetts. And then when I got to Montreal, it was, I kind of started like training regularly, seriously. Yeah. Interesting. And how far did you get in Montreal? Um, I got my blue like a little bit before, maybe like six months before I left, I think. Okay. Yeah. What is it? And I know that you guys' answers will be different, so you guys will have. What is it about the grappling sport for you guys that you like so much? Hmm. So I think Beth will probably agree with me, right? We're not big touchers or huggers, right? In the normal realm of things. (laughs) But like when it's jujitsu, that's like, it doesn't even matter, right? That's the thing that makes people, I think, shy away from it a lot of times Mm -hmm. um, is the closeness of it. But when it's a sport, like that doesn't matter to me anymore, even though like generally I don't want to be like, hugged or 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 much of that it's it's interesting i love the covid six foot radius (laughs) it's so nice (laughs) you don't like people in your space i don't there's a theme there's a theme of certain women in my life because jill is the same like she's like people i mean what's her myers-briggs oh shit i don't know she's definitely an i but i don't know the rest of them you gotta take it again too yeah it I mean, I've taken it a few times, but like it also, I'm like, there's a few of them, maybe the like last two letters that flip back and forth back depending and forth. on like there's the a, day, the month. There's a, um, you can be just borderline a free us. one on the internet called 16 personalities. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. These ladies and that I know that are like introverts don't like people in their space, <laughs> but then <laughs> well, Jill doesn't want to do jujitsu, but I try to convince her that she wants. We'll keep working on her. Yeah. Reverse so. psychology. Yeah, you think work. that'll work? Mm, she is a therapist. Like, she, that's her thing. She's going to be like, yeah, I don't think so. I, I know this game. <laughs> um, she's pretty claustrophobic. Yeah. I mean, more than like Ron. I hear stories about how Ron was claustrophobic at first. This is like, if she can't get a, um, sorry, Jill, a sweatshirt off yes. or even a, br- a certain like sports bra if it's sweaty, mm-hmm. she starts to panic. That so. happened to me once as a kid. It's never happened again. I was dressing up in like my mom's crap mm-hmm. and I had to cut a turtleneck off of me. <laughs> like, oh man. Just like, oh. Right? So I don't know. Dude, yeah. I can't wear turtlenecks. I hate the feeling. It's like I'm being choked. Yeah. My clothes are trying to strangle me and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got a defend now. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm my belt. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> um, just wait. It's interesting because Jill wears, loves turtlenecks. But hates that claustrophobic feeling. I'm trying to I'll have to sit her down and talk her about this. All right. Maybe so, she needs it. Maybe she needs jujitsu. I think yeah. she does. I do. Sorry, I Jill. Think she would. She would. <laughs> I think if there was a way to do it without dudes learning. Yeah. I think that, for sure. and I think just for that, just to feel comfortable at first. At first, yeah. and and be able to, she could. Um, ask questions and not feel stupid because that's her like you know you don't want to feel stupid and she hates that feeling of like right feeling stupid so you're gonna have that though yeah. when you try something new but it's just Can't I mean she's kind of a perfectionist it. yeah so it's hard for her like to do something new 
And she doesn't want to feel. She doesn't want to feel stupid. So, but it, I wonder if I bought her some lessons. Hmm. Some private lessons. Perhaps. I probably need might to do work. That. Which? That's uh, yeah, words that my brain brain again. <laughs> um. So, you guys decide that. Well, Beth, you didn't answer the question of why grappling sports. Like, what is that about? Why that? I mean, I, I guess, like, being able to, like, focus 100% on, like, one thing, right, is very nice. Okay. Right? Because you, if somebody's trying to break your arm, you can't think about anything else. There's nothing else going on, and it's... It's just really satisfying to like be able to disengage from everything else. And so like being able, like rolling is just, it's kind of, it's kind of therapy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee and water day, so I got a break for a, for a pee again. So I apologize. So I'll be right back. Oh, that's better. Thank you. Um, so they were on their own for a little bit when I wasn't in the room. What did you guys decide on? <laughs> or talk about uh, with rolling and grappling sports because I came in on at the very end so, a few things uh, I mean yeah. simple stupid practical right okay. like talking about how clumsy well, okay. we both mentioned that I like that I'm already on the ground okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. right okay <laughs> my takedowns aren't great but uh, you know I can try a few and then guard pull if I have to and then I'm where I'm comfortable okay right um, what else did we talk about? <laughs> I think that the, like, that rolling and being able to, like, let everything else go is, and I think that we said that's probably for a lot of people, is, like, why grappling is nice. So that single focus, mm-hmm. trying not to die or trying to kill the other, right? Yeah. Or break <laughs> yeah. their arm, right? Like, yeah. I mean, at some point, it's, that's, you get good enough to, that's where you're thinking. Like, for me, it's don't die. Right. Or try not to. For you guys, it's starting to be well. For I know for you, but for you, Beth, it depends on who it is, right? <laughs> but it really, at some point, you're, you're you've turned the you've turned the corner because everybody out there, um, Beth is a blue belt, so she's been practicing for a, a long time. So right? Yeah. Um, Did I get that wrong? You're a blue no, belt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying five years, I guess. Five yeah. years, yeah. Okay, something like that. Yeah. So she's pretty good. I've watched it, watched her roll. So there's a, there is a point where you're not just surviving. You're actually trying to kill some yeah. point, right? What does that feel like? Okay. Trying to kill somebody. It's the best feeling in the world, man. <laughs> right. So I, I don't get to have this conversation with women very often, right? Like I have this conversation with a lot of guys and I have it with Jill, but I don't get to have it with just, two women jiu-jitsu practitioners. Is that something that crosses your guys' brain? Like, I could, I can kill somebody. I could, I could make... Not exactly. Not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had the thought, though, like, and I think it just more comes from, like, that confidence of mm-hmm. if you just, you know, walk into a random store down here on Mass Street, right, and you just kind of look around, like, okay, I could probably 
take anyone in, in here. We're at least, least survive, at least survive. Right. So I think, I mean, that's just, I think confidence and, and feeling like I started to feel that way probably six months into training. Like not that, not that good, but I could like, I could handle myself. I'm, I'm a little more aware, right? That's probably too early. It's probably, you know, like around blue belt that you should probably think that you can at least survive something, right? Um, but yeah, it's not like I want to intentionally go out and, and no. <laughs> I mean, no, no, like I don't want to intentionally uh, start anything or hurt right. anyone or anything like that, but just knowing and like this translates over to the kids right and and like being bullied and building their confidence and stuff too um if they i I want them to know it and never have to use it because just them knowing it makes them walk around being a little less of a target right they're held head held a little bit higher a little bit more confidence right they know they have skills they know they can you know back themselves up if if something happens so you know, we're all just grown kids. Same you kind size of feelings. You size other people up when you're walking on campus. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dude ask me that. I was like, so you think you could take out like anybody in here? Uh, yes, <laughs> I could. Yes, but I don't want to have that conversation yeah. with you, dude. <laughs> so, okay. There, that, I have to just talk about that a little bit. Like, what's, what's that like being a female in a male-dominated... Well, it's a male-dominated world. I mean, we could talk about all kinds of different... But in a male-dominated sport and really a male-dominated school that we're in right now, what, what is, what's that like as a female? And, and is, that, is that an issue? Is that, is that hard to deal with at times? What's that like? I think you can make it as hard for yourself as you want to. Um, I mean, every school I've ever been in is male dominated or has been, um, <clears throat> we have some awesome guys at our school though. So yeah. I don't, I don't like expect to be able to hang with someone who has, you know, half the training I have and is 10 years younger than me and, and is a male, you know what I mean? Like you have to have that understanding and and so you know it's hard to see that at first when you first start training um you have to have that understanding that you know size starts to make up for skill right youth starts to make up for skill a little bit and you just have to take what comes right if I get choked out whatever blue belt who cares it doesn't you know it's my personal like journey and and advancement and things like that like I'm trying to work on for myself and it's so hard not to compare yourself everyone does it right that's why it's nice having competition so you can go out and kind of see on a level playing field like did I make any improvements over the last two years you know that's where you really find out um but yeah it's tough we're just we're structurally built different Right. So the girls are always seeking out each other to to kind of say like, uh, you know, so say you're uh, six two, 
right? I'm, yeah. <laughs> my one listener, you, I'm not. You leave. <laughs> she knows it. Yeah. <laughs> you leave a lot of space, mm-hmm. right? So there are advantages and disadvantages to being smaller. Mm-hmm. You leave a lot of space for me to work within. Uh, space that structurally, you know, you, you can't really take up. So you have to find what, you know, that advantages for you. Like, right. is it my, I'm small, I'm flexible. I used to be a little bit faster. I'm not as fast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to expect other people too to use the attributes that they have to their advantage, right? right? Um, as you as you grow in jujitsu, like male or female, you're going to have to hold back on your strength with other people who are newer. Because if you just go, you know, take day one white belt and just murder them, Make you know, quit. in jujitsu terms, <laughs> in jujitsu terms, right? Right. They're yeah. not, they're not going to enjoy it and they're not mm. going to come back. So even being a female, like I have to reserve my strength sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about for you, Beth? Like mur- 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 murdering people? No, like um, <laughs> the idea, like the gender the... issue, like rolling, like being in do- a male-dominated school, like the martial arts, you know, it's pretty... Yeah. And dudes are stupid, you know? Well, they are, and I think. Um, <laughs> well, they are. I mean, they are. <laughs> they are. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, it's for me heads for them, right? And it can vary a lot by like the school. I think, um, like what your experience is going to be like, um, and a lot of that is like just building up a good like cohort of women, right? Because it kind of snowballs, and like people, at least like women are generally going to join like where there's more women, right? If there's, if you have a choice between gyms, the one that has more women is like automatically more attractive. And so I think that like that can really alter kind of like the vibe and the experience of being a woman, even without like a woman's only class and stuff like that. It's still much nicer (laughs) for sure. Okay. Um, Is gender, when we, in jiu-jitsu, is gender an issue in jiu-jitsu, you guys think? For sure. Um, it's such a complicated uh, topic to maneuver. Just, not just talking about it, but being a woman in jiu-jitsu, right? You don't want people to handle you with kid gloves, right? right. But you also don't want them to just unleash <laughs> everything, right. uh, especially if they're like, you know, 50 pounds heavier than you and, and more, more skill, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you have to, in a conversation I ha- have with you know, some of the kids and stuff sometimes, if you want someone to roll harder with you, because, you know, now we're talking about they're kind of handling you with the the kick gloves you have to give them a little more right but don't be upset if they then match your pace right because okay. you're you're setting that up you're asking for more um you have to find a way to achieve that balance and still protect yourself right so like let's say you know brand new white belt i'm older i already have had injuries i you know 
ribs, neck, back, whatever. I know I have to be careful and protect myself. And I'd rather, you know, train and have injuries than be like, you know, sitting on the couch and 40 something years old. So I brought those injuries on myself. I welcome them, right? I, I do a context for it. So I know I have to, you know, protect myself and be safe because even someone not intending to hurt, you know, I don't think anyone ever intends to cause anyone hurt, right? Just accidents happen. Yep. Um, someone, mom- someone's momentum's going, right? And then there goes your arm. So you have to, as you, you know, get a little more experienced, you'll, you'll find this, you have to change up how you're rolling with every single person. It really matters. Like, you know, day one, white belt, athletic dude, strong, whatever. What's he going to use? He doesn't have any technique. So he's going to use strength. He's going to use speed, agility, right? All of those things. So am I going to go out looking for like triangles on that guy and get stacked up on my neck? No, I'm going to control, tire, survive, right? That's, that's the kind of mentality you have to have when you you can't look at every role the same and like some of it some dudes have like some kind of thing about being tapped or like for dominated sure. by like a woman or and even like, by a man i mean yeah for sure but like it's definitely like watch people mm-hmm. every time like before i roll with them anybody knew okay so do you have okay so let's talk about that a little bit do you, is that something that you sense see feel like have you so have you i'm sure you've seen it so i get that but like have you ever rolled with somebody of the opposite gender Mm -hmm. and you're like oh yep yep and is it and like you see them like even like a dude like about my size right like they'll roll with them and like get tapped and like it's fine and i'm like oh okay this will be chill and safe and then you roll with them and it is not so tell me tell me more about what that means like when it's not because well they'll just go ham right they're looking for revenge and it goes from being a like a nice even like competitive but like learning and safe role to being something that is dangerous because they have an ego to protect okay so how do you how do you beth as a person deal with that in the moment, deal with that afterwards, things like that. I mean, in the moment, it's mostly just like a stay safe thing. Like I'm done pushing the pace. Like if, if your ego can't take it, I'm not pushing the pace at all. And it's just a like staying safe game at that point for the next, you know, three minutes or whatever. And then I'm just not rolling with you again. Do you say something or do you? No. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think most Either like they know and they don't care or they're not ready to accept that about themselves. You don't say what so, the fuck, dude? No. What, why not? Honestly, like it's, I don't ever expect that to be worth my energy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you a person that's able to say, if somebody says, hey, I want to roll with you, are you a somebody that says, nah, I'm good? Yeah. Okay. Yes, there are people that I have said that to plenty. Okay. okay. What about for you? Beth? You have to be that way. Okay. Yeah. So... At what point does that, where, where do you guys get that confidence to say no to that 
to that person because I think that that are, there's a, there's struggles for people like I can't for sure yeah it's a thing you had to I like I had to learn it yep um to, but did you learn it like because you had it several times or did you learn it mm-hmm. just with yeah yeah, yeah. from somebody from the mat, stacks the mat your neck you. enough and yeah eventually like yeah the mat teaches you a lot you know things that carry over to your regular life too that's what's so awesome about it but um you have to be able to like if that was the middle of a roll you should even be able to like hey you know what I'm done for today I just if it gets to that point right a year two years in would I be confident enough to say that no and that's something that jujitsu taught me too I needed to be more assertive just in everything so, like I said, it's a growing experience off the mats, too. Would you say what the fuck to somebody? No. So Because I know the, the mat is going to condition that out of you, or you're mm-hmm. going to quit. Because there's always someone bigger, stronger, better than you. Interesting. Because I'm, I'm a big fan of feedback, and a big fan of, like, people getting that. It, it and depends. I, and I guess it's because I'm a verbal, like, I'm, you know, my world is, ver- like, for the most part, like I'm talking with people and discussing things and I'm getting feedback or advice or clinical skills or whatever the thing is, right? So if somebody says something and fucks up in their life or whatever, I'm, and they're here to get somewhat of a feedback, right? So I'm a big fan of that loop, right? Like being able to give people that. If I don't know, if I don't know that person very well, they're newer or whatever, like it's not... It's not worth it to me to, you know, like that's just something they're going to have to work through. Mm -hmm. And me saying something right then and there, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to be taken well and it's not going to cause you change. Like you're just going to have to figure that out for yourself over time. Right. And then our mad enforcers will kind of help that process (laughs) along. (laughs) Well, yeah, because they have to be like open to that feedback, right. For it to be at all effective and like, if it's somebody that's like new either to jujitsu or to the school, like chances are it's going to be somebody that's like new, right. That I'm even rolling with them at that point. So we're not, there's not going to be any of that like relationship there for them to be like receptive to that. So if they do, if it is somebody that like sticks around and they still are like being that way with like smaller people or women or whatever, Hopefully somebody else has that relationship and can like start having that conversation. Oh, I see. What you're, okay, I, I'm getting it a little more there because I'm. I just think it's important for people to get feedback in the moment, but I'm understanding what you guys are getting at. Like the uh, somebody else will do it. You don't have to. And is that a is that? And time and repetition and stuff okay. too. You know. Do you think is that a is that a specific to women in the sense of like not giving that feedback to a, an aggressive I guess we'll just say male here. I, I can think of a smaller male blue belt in our school who also does not often give that sort of feedback when people fuck up his shit okay <laughs> okay 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 I'm just trying to figure out how you guys maneuver situations differently than maybe right 
other dudes. I guess I'm just trying to. When someone, I mean, when someone new comes in, like, like Beth was saying too, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, all the ladies in the school have, but because we know, like, we know we're different, right? I don't have the same strength and structure and whatever that most men do. There's a couple that I'm bigger than, you know, it's, it's cool. But then, um, strength wise is different. That was one of the reasons that like, I liked karate. I liked having that activity. I thought the forms and everything were, were beautiful, but realistically for me, like Matt did it with me for a little while too. I'm like, if I punch him and he punches me and I'm not like a professional boxer, I'm screwed. <laughs> so right. I, that was, you know, another part of the reason for the, the ground game being appealing that you can take away um, some of that leverage that that other person has, but that comes with skill too, right? You can't do that right away. Um, I got off track. That happens. <laughs> what, I found, what I find, man, really interesting about the sport, and I've talked about this a lot, but specifically, I rolled with um, Heidi. I'm pointing at Heidi. You. Um, <laughs> couple of weeks ago or last week I don't know I don't get all blends together when we were in the same pod we're in the same pod <laughs> and, and um, I found it amazing in the sense of you just you killed me right and I don't I mean, just I took away your space yeah which was which was um, that's how we survive right and what was interesting, as smaller people or women or whatever, yeah, that's and, what you have to do, you know. And, and guys tend to, you know, whether it's jujitsu or just being guys, they tend to think of their strength, right? And I was like, oh, I couldn't be a wolf, you know. And, and I knew I was gonna die, I mean, I knew eventually <laughs> I was gonna die, but I was like, oh man, I can get but, you know, I was like, in my head, I was like, the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, fuck. right? But that's a that's a fucking amazing for me, that's an amazing feeling, right? Like. Right. Because eventually I'll get there. Yes. Right? And so whether it's a male or female, it's um, it's pretty fucking awesome like, to do it. But, but what was... I, I don't think I had ever rolled with you before. Probably, so yeah, it was no. like... Wow. <laughs> wow. Right? Like, it was pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool to see the possibilities. Yeah. Right? And I knew that you were a killer. But to understand it as opposite gender, right? quite a bit smaller than me, probably close to 100 pounds lighter than me, right? Not, so I'm nice. not as fat as Matt. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't stop doing the fat Matt jokes. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Do it more. He, he, does, he does. The more I do it. Hopefully it'll motivate him to lose some weight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fat shaming. Um, but that was what was, that's what I loved about it, right? Is this, this petite lady fucking murdered me. That, that's the cool thing. So like, <clears throat> as you're progressing, right? The more you try to make yourself rely on your technique versus your strength. And I, it's a huge battle, mm -hmm. right? There, I, I use strength too, right? Right. Sometimes. Um, and I used much more of it back in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Didn't help me out much sometimes, right? right. <laughs> Depending yeah. on who you're rolling with. But being able to, like, 
let go of some of that and really try to use technique, think about it. Like we're forced to do that way earlier on. Right. So if you can figure that out when you do have the strength and figure out how to focus on that technique more and not like dial your strength back, you'll improve so much, so much more quickly. And you'll learn to take away other people's space too. I, I, what's what's interesting that you said that because I just did that but I just put it together as you're right. talking about it because I've been working on a couple moves one that you show, showed me to pass um, oh, fuck, knee shield knee shield and then one that Matt does on me he didn't show me it he just <laughs> did it to me all the time he did show you <laughs> I did it to Bert yesterday he couldn't get me yesterday so that was like <laughs> The best feeling ever <laughs> was to get past his knee shield and then eventually submit him. So, yeah. Passing guard is annoying. It's hard. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people with good guards. Especially yeah. people with those long legs. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. God. Just short legs. And, <laughs> yeah, so. um, what's, what, so I'm back to Beth. What is your biggest struggle at practicing jujitsu and gender or female? I mean, I don't know. I think there there is like a lot of like tweaking stuff to be done. I think a lot of times when we like, there's things that just like work differently sometimes. Um, and... I don't know, remembering to like troubleshoot that. Like sometimes it's like, I don't know why this just like doesn't work. Like maybe go ask Heidi. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) that might help. (laughs) But I mean, that's also like totally new for me as well. Cause like I've never trained somewhere before where there was a female black belt. Any, um, a woman, any women above blue actually. Really? Until I got here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. They call us unicorns. Mm-hmm. Or they used to. I don't know. There's more of us now, I guess. Your so, divisions are still teeny, though. <laughs> yes, true. So to the one listener, and actually there's several listeners out there, to be honest, <laughs> we are actually sitting in the room with, we didn't talk much about belts yet, other than I said um, Beth had a blue, but um, Heidi has a black belt. And is, I think, last I knew, there's only two in Kansas. There's a third now, too. There's a third. Mm-hmm. Where's the third? Uh, Wichita. Wichita. Amber just got hers. So there's three women in the state of Kansas. If there's anyone belt. else I don't know of, there could be more. And they're probably not listening, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so for all we know, there's three. Um, that's, that's really fucking cool. And, and pretty... Um, need to be able to be a part of like for me to be a part of that on some level like yeah what is that do you think about that what's that like like man i i don't but i can relate right uh when i went i was like a baby blue belt and we were in jersey and i went to um groundswell grappling concepts i can't remember if that was exactly what i think it was women's grappling network at first and they did their first like uh all women camp Mm -hmm. right and 
I was a baby blue belt, hadn't seen another woman above blue. And I go to this camp and there's Emily Quack, who was the first Canadian black belt in jiu-jitsu. And Hannette Stack, um, who I think is some, I can't remember, uh, Brazil 021, I can't remember exactly where the school is. Um, But like several female black belts and, you know, a couple purples and a brown. And I'm like, you know, awestruck. (laughs) Yeah. Beth is geeking out if you can't <laughs> geeking out at those names. So, yeah, first, like, women's grappling camp that they ever put on, and there were probably 25 or 30 women. And, you know, you start the camp, like, out to dinner just with everyone, and there's just that buzz of, like, holy shit, you know, I'm in this room of all these female grapplers. Like, this is less female grap or more female grapplers than I've seen at like a competition or whatever at, at that point. So it was, it was pretty cool. So when you, so it was last year, a little over yeah. a year ago that you got your, yes. Black belt. When you started with Matt and you guys are on the same trajectory. I mean, like you've gotten your belts at the same time. Yep. Um, did you, when you started, did you ever, was it, a, did you want to get your black belt or was it you're just doing this thing? It, it was just an open-ended, I'm doing this thing that I enjoy and it's fun to learn something new as an adult, you know, cause you're, you're doing your job and you're not really, you're still studying and stuff. So it's different, right? But you're doing your job and you're not really learning anything new and it kind of gets, I don't know, it gets boring. So. A lot of people do find jujitsu like in their early thirties or, you know, that, that point where there's no more high school sports to do. There's no more college sports to do something physical, something cool to learn. Okay. So as a, so back to the, there's a gender thing I want to ask again. Um, how does a female black belt continue to better her game? when there's not other level, same level gender to, to go with over and over again. Does that make sense? It does. Question? Um, you have to pick a focus. So, I mean, same for the guys, right? Like Matt and Trevor, there's not other right. black belts that they're training with. So we all have to do a similar thing. You have to, you know, you have someone who's really good at a particular guard right? Mm-hmm. You have to go and Beth is really good at passing, right? She's active. She's all over you. She's all around you. So if I want to work on my guard retention, have Beth work on passing my guard, right? If I want to, um, work on my top game, you know, maybe I'll work with someone else who <clears throat> has a good escape, like bottom game. Like, you know, we already bought, brought up Ben. Ben's great defensively. He's such a good defender. So, like, if I want to work on side control, right, if I can get Ben in side control and hold him down, you know, that would be uh, awesome for that. It doesn't address the the gender thing. But I've got to work with what I've got. So um, having a little focus in mind of what you want to work on and who's good at this or that is going to be. So would you, could, could you, would you say you have to be more intentional with for sure. Game, oh, for sure. So, because there's not there's not a 
a brown or a purple that you can go hard against right. that's going to push you that you have to be intentional to be like, Hey Beth, I'm really trying to get next level on this thing. Can you push me in this part of your game? Yep. For sure. Okay. And then like if you're watching, so right now you watch instructionals a little bit, a little bit. You are taking that into like drilling class mm-hmm. and trying to work through it and stuff like that. Like we still watch instruct instructionals too. Right. I, I want to work, uh, like, you know, the shin on shin guard a little more mm-hmm. or something like that. So drilling all of that through just to make it muscle memory okay. and then trying that, you know, I'm not going to go out and try my new thing on, uh, someone who's, you know, super, so say I'm a blue belt, right? I'm not going to go try that new thing on someone who's a purple belt or a brown belt and then get so disappointed that I can't make it work. Right. Okay. Right. So you start trying those new things on someone, you know, try it on the white belts and then try it on someone your level. And then if you can start making that work on people your level and above, you know, you're doing something right. So yeah, you have to be very intentional. Would you say that's the same for you, Beth, in a sense? I mean, I know you get, you have Heidi and she's the black, but like if Heidi's not around, like, do you, how do you handle that? I mean, so so some of it is like, also, I think communicating like what you're trying to work on with people, um, which like I know I don't do enough of it. It's like a thing I'm trying to do more of actually right now is like talking to people about like what I'm trying to focus on, um, especially just like when we're rolling. Um, and there's some people I think also that are like good at helping me troubleshoot stuff or like giving me the looks I need to troubleshoot things on my own. I actually got to um, be a part of that a couple of weeks ago because we were you, you, me, and Colton were just sitting there mm-hmm. enjoying, and you were like, "Hey, this is what I'm working on." This Col- Colton was at this one, and then like you guys walked through this thing. And I was just like, "Oh, I'm just watching this happen," which is pretty cool, right? Like, because you were—I don't know if you were needing like not help, but like you were talking <sighs> about what you were working on. Yeah, and it kind of helped you with it. I remember the day. I don't. I don't remember even what it was, but yeah. Yeah, so, like, people like Colton, right, he can give me, like, whatever reaction I need. And, like, maybe he's, like, because we're built very different, obviously. And we have, like, very different games. Um, But, like, he's obviously totally capable of giving me, like, whatever reaction I need to figure out what it is. And then if I'm, like, okay, so, like, this is what it is and this is where I'm getting stuck, he's, like, really helpful for troubleshooting it. Um, Somebody like Chow will, like, he's really good at, like, for like troubleshooting things, he's always like really helpful for like working through stuff. Um, mostly good. just because he's addicted. So he's like, so addicted. that's why he gets yeah. brought up every podcast. I'm, I'm glad we mentioned Andrew. He had to come. I thought up. we were gonna get away with none. <laughs> we weren't gonna talk about him. No, we did. No, he let me throw him all day today. It was very nice. Oh, he is. He even is like that with me, even though he kills me every time. It's because he's addicted. I thought you were going to say because he's a dick. He's a dick. He is addicted. I, I told him one time, I'm being such a dick. I mean, he's a dick rolling. Yeah. But totally like, it's is. fine. So mean. It's okay. Um, he's very nice drilling. I finally remembered the word and it's privilege. There's this word that gets, that's, we're talking about a lot about right now in the world is, is privilege. And I've, I think I've, I've mentioned it a few times on, um, the podcast of when I learned my privilege and truly understood it. Um, 
and it was on a walk with Jill. We take these long walks in the morning, um, a couple days a week, and um, she would walk. I would usually walk on the inside on the street, and she'd walk on the outside. And we were talking, and then she'd always point out if there's somebody else. It's dark. She always point out, "Hey, there's somebody else up there." And we're like, "Okay, big deal, right?" And I'm like, "Why are you always? Why do you care if there's somebody out there? Because we're just walking, right?" And eventually, she finally stopped me one time. I said, "So this is the world that I walked through," and explained that understanding to me. And and I needed to hear it from her to really understand that because she's the most important person in my life so for her to hear that right like she walks through the world on the defense as a female um and that's when i truly learned my privilege as a male as a white male all of that shit so is there and we've touched on it a little earlier but i want to get a little more serious about it is there do you still have that as a female, as intense? And I can't, we can't rate Jill's intensity, but she's pretty heightened, right? On certain times of, do you guys still have that, or is it less? It's always there, okay. for sure. I, I mean, like, like I said, I think I don't know, six months in, I don't think I felt so confident that I was like physically ready for anything, but I at least was more alert. You know, just getting out of the car in the parking lot or whatever. Like, shit, what did I do before? I was just looking at my phone or this or that or whatever. Like, why didn't I pay attention before? You know what I mean? So at least doing something like this made me more aware, which even that is going to make you less vulnerable, right? If you're paying attention, right, less likely for you to be So your, your journey through the world... You're, you're, you weren't as heightened before? No, no. I was just a dumb kid. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. 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 What about you, Beth? Well, I think as much as we talk about like jujitsu, like teaching like smaller people to like control bigger people and stuff, it also made me like very aware of how much a different size makes, right? Okay. I'm yep. very aware what somebody having like even just like 20 pounds on me, 50 pounds on me, like how much more difficult that is, which I would not have had without jujitsu. So like, so, okay. Yeah. So does that, okay. Does that give you more or less confidence walking the streets? Well, I mean, I think martial arts generally kind of like Heidi was saying, like situational awareness is like, kind of the most important thing in like any form of self-defense and feeling comfortable. And I think that we learn that really well. And you like, sure, knowing like how much of an advantage somebody with 50 pounds on me has is like, it's uncomfortable knowledge, but I think knowing that is in and of itself empowering, right? I, I have a realistic view of what I'm gonna deal with. So, so you're saying, so that end statement, that realistic view. So jujitsu gave you that realistic view of what you're, you may have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I don't, I don't think it's like more or less confidence, just 
a little bit more real. quiet pause here <laughs> I'm trying to tease up this this question um, at what point fuck, I don't know how to phrase it um, at what point do you feel like you either you feel like it's well you will you ever feel like it's easier to walk in the world knowing jujitsu and being a female verse not knowing jujitsu and being female. Does that make sense? It does. It does, but I don't. I mean, the, the problem isn't us, right? Knowing jujitsu or not. The problem is the world is fucked. Right. So like, and if, if somebody walks up behind you and like sticks a gun in your back, shoves a knife through your ribs, like whatever, jujitsu isn't going to do shit at that point, right? <laughs> so you don't want to walk around all confident, right? Because you yeah. have all this knowledge and skill now. That knowledge and skill should let you make better decisions about where you're putting yourself, right? And and like I'm not going to go walk around at 3 a.m. in the dark just because, hey, I'm a, I'm a black belt <laughs> now. It's all good. But, uh, you know, now you're at least you're more aware of – what can happen and what advantages people do have or you know what if you're what if you're at the end of a run and you're tired and you have your technique and everything but now I'm exhausted um I've already burned out a lot of my adrenaline from my run whatever like uh, you just have to learn how to survive right you've got to have that that goes with like having the different mentality with different people you roll with too right sometimes you know I'm not going to avoid that strong white belt dude forever just at first make sure like you know they don't have bad intentions or whatever and and that translates through a role man if if someone like just you you can feel their intentions so much through a role Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to avoid that forever Right, I need to put myself in that situation because that's the most real I can get to mm-hmm. to someone grabbing me on the street or or something like that. But I'm also not gonna go balls out trying to choke that person out or get a triangle or anything like that. Like I'm gonna take away their space. I'm gonna let them burn their muscle. Right. I'm gonna let them get tired. That's the approach you have to have. When did it When did it become intuitive in your brain and in your muscle memory of of uh, their intention. So we talk about a little bit about like somebody, some like a, like a not so friendly male roller, right? When did that from the get go? Really? Yeah. It's, it's just such, I don't know, you know, without words, it just, it speaks. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that something as females that you've, you can understand in the world as well? I mean, I mean, I think you devote a lot of energy to try to like reading people mm-hmm. and stuff, right? And trying to like figure out people's intentions. There's a so like, there's already some groundwork when you start jujitsu. 
but also you're wrong a lot <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> what do you what do you mean well i mean the the possibility that you are reading somebody's intentions wrong mm-hmm. right and they they are really good at hiding their intentions like the the reality of that danger is always there okay right does your do you have do you listen to your gut yeah that's what i was going to say yeah. like it it's your gut feeling you know who's really good at it is matt his gut feelings about shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's right 99.9% of the time. We, I, it I kills promise me. you, Matt, I'm not going to edit that out. But <laughs> she did just say, hey, you're right 99.9% hey, of the time. You're, you're, taking, you're taking that intention. out of context. <laughs> about people's intentions <laughs> specifically. Have, have you ever read The Gift of Fear? Uh-uh. You should read it. Okay. It's a really good book. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty... I'm pretty good too with my gut and understanding people's intentions. And it, it may take me a few times of like stumbling a little bit, but I was like, Oh, I should have listened to my fucking gut. Yep. Yeah. So you guys are, pre- you're pretty good at that. As would you say, honey? Mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah. What about you? Beth? Mediocre. Okay. Still working on it. Yeah. yeah. Never stop. Okay. <laughs> um, but we're getting close to, to being out of, well, not out of time, but like wrapping things up. Um, because there's all the time in the world, but uh, these are, oh, I don't know, let's just start with that. What, what is your favorite thing about jujitsu? I know you have to pick one thing. No, you don't. You can, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Um, and where do you want, if you can see your journey go somewhere in jujitsu, where do you want it to go? Um, I mean, one, I'm just going to say one of the things that I really like about it, I guess that generally is that like, it's an individual sport, right? Where it's like very individually like paced and it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? Which is nice as somebody who does a lot of like moving around and whatever. Right. And it's like an individual sport in a team atmosphere, which is, it's lovely, honestly, you know, that it can be very individually paced, that there's no like pressure that like, if I have a bad day at a competition, like it's fine. I didn't make the team lose the ball game. Right. And so that's really nice. But they're at the end of the day, there's still like everybody in your corner. And I think that's a nice balance. Um, but as far as that's like a, it's like a, not a technique or like sport thing, but no, that's fine. yeah. I like, yeah. Um, but as far as, I don't know. I mean, it's just fun and I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it for as long as it stays fun. That's really all it is. <laughs> the evolution of it. Mm. It's, uh, tell, more. tell you more. So it's never ending, right? You, you, uh, someone creates this move, someone creates the defense to it, someone creates another move to counter that, so on and so forth. So it, it has no definite end. <clears throat> when we were like, I don't know, late blue and definitely getting our purple, that's when I think we both started to feel like, like we want to teach, right? I want to pass this on. 
like my goal so first for like the kids I want them to all come back later when I'm you know really old and kick my ass but like I want to be able to teach you things that I didn't learn until you know tips tricks whatever um that I didn't learn till later I want to teach them to you now like early in in your progression of it so that you have the capacity to you know even be better than me later on with your journey because those little things that I learned at like five years in you can learn now at a year in or two years in or whatever and your capacity to learn is is so much greater okay um that's a awesome answer <laughs> um, which makes me go down this other question I want to ask is how what's the feeling if you can describe it I know that we talked we joked earlier before we started about feelings <laughs> about we don't talk about our feelings but what's the feeling you get as the kids instructor right and seeing more and more young girls sign up because I can see the especially well before the pandemic hit it seemed like there were more and more and then now oh, yeah. I just, when I walk into kids class and I see it fuller and fuller and there's more young girls and I, what yeah. is that is there a feeling inside that you get that you can describe or does it matter gender for you I mean looking at when I began mm -hmm. and there were you know two of us at one point and then and then three and then someone moved and you know it was like that for years and then seeing them them come in now yeah it definitely it definitely means something um I don't know if I can give you the exact feeling but uh you know I'm I'm proud of them for trying something that's so difficult right it's it's not easy um it's definitely a struggle and it's something that you can uniquely make your own right so I don't think they notice it so much, right? They don't care. No, they don't. It's yeah. like, it's 50-50 boys and girls. They don't even know that it was never like that. Right. Right, which is cool too. It's super It's so yeah. cool for them. They're like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Wow, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Just chatting with you guys. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty, um, pretty honored to have you guys on. In the sense of like, one and I think other than Jill, you've been the only two females I've had on, so that's cool. And savages, right? <laughs> and really smart, really smart and savage. I don't know how to say that, right? Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think that I've gotten a, a little more insight into gender and jujitsu. Not that I, I'm not an idiot, right? Like, but. <laughs> I want listeners to understand that there's, you know, that there, this is a tough sport and there are women out there killing it and killing others and having a good time and also teaching us a few things. So, or a lot of things. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And I'm going to have you guys on again, probably separate. So I can, uh, um, I, tend to be uh, a, I tend to be a little like all over the place and trying to figure out how to focus this conversation. So I'll probably have you guys on separate so we can t get a little more uh, like deeper into certain things. So um, 
Once again, thanks for coming on, guys. And um, remember perseverance through strength and vulnerability. Later.